All right, let's get into the daf now. So today's daf is daf Yurches, page 18 in Meseches Megillah. And we're just going to back up one little bit. We're going to start from the word V'kivan Shabbat David Botfila, even though we mentioned this already, but this is on the second line on Yurches Omer Aleph. V'kivan Shabbat David. And to remind ourselves, we were going through the Seder, the order of the Shemayin Esrei. Now, how did we get onto this topic? Because the Mishnah had taught us that Mikra Megillah, the Kriyas Megillah, has to be done in proper order. And then we mentioned Halal has to be in order. We mentioned Kriyashma has to be in order. Now we're mentioning Tefillah has to be in order. And we're going through the actual Seder, the actual order of the Shmaina Esrei. All right, so let's pick up again from the second line. The Kivan Shabbat David Basatfila, once David comes, at Semach David Abdecha, Meherat Satmiach, right? Once David comes, Tfila comes, Shanamar Vaviyaisim al Arkachi, Visimachtim Beveis Tfilasi. I'm going to bring them to my Harkachi, my Makum, my place of the Mikdash, and I'm going to bring Simcha in my house of Davening. The Kivan Shabbat Tfila Basavoida. And once David Amalek brought Tefillah, and now we have Tefillah, what happens with Tefillah? Avaida. You have, you have the, the, the Avaida. Ritzei Hashem Eleikeinu. Shenamar Oileiseyem Bezibcheyem Leratzayin Amizbechi. The Korban Oileis and the Zvachim, the sacrifices Leratzayin to be accepted Amizbechi on my Mizbeach. That is the, uh, the bracha of Ritzei Hamachsir Shechinosay Litziyah. Okay. The Kivon Shabbos Avoida, and once we now have Avoda, Basotayda, Thanksgiving goes hand in hand with sacrifices to the Rebbeinu which is the bracha of Maidim. Shenamar Zaveach Taida Yechab Donini, the one who brings the Taida, the 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 grateful carbon Yechab Donini honors me, says the Rebbeinu Okay. So, so far, so good. We're getting places, yeah? We're already up, to, we already got through Maidim. Now, what happens after Maidim? So, the Gemara throws in, there's something that's not a bracha, but is placed in this, in this uh, part. Specifically, we have in Chutzlaretz, uh, the mentioning during the Shachris and Musuf, if appropriate, Chazara um, Sashatz, Chazara Sashnaps. So what is it? Says the Gemara, Birchas Kayanim. Why is it that we say Birchas Kayanim after Maidim? How does that fit in? So the Gemara answers, Listen closely over here. Aaron lifted up his hands and he gave a bracha to Klal Yisrael. And he came down from doing the carbonis. So the mention of the carbonis is coming after the 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 Kayin giving his bracha. Says the Gemara, right. So it comes after. So Ema Kaidim Avaida. So Birchas Kayanim should really come before Ritzay. It should become before bringing Avaida. So the Gemara says, no, don't follow the mentioning because you have to look at the words. Laisoko Daitach, don't think that answers the Gemara Dhsiv. Because it says in the Pasuk, Vayered may asoy sachatas. The Kayin comes down from already performing the chatos, and that's when he gave the bracha. Let's listen closely. So what's this Pasuk teaching me? 
Only after the Avoda, which we have as the bracha of Ritzei, did the Kohanim give their bracha. And therefore, the Birchas Kayanim in Shemayin Esrei comes after the Avoda. But now, what's the problem? What's the problem? Is it coming right after Ritzei? When do we do Birchas Kayanim? After Maidim. Right? There's another bracha over there. Let's keep that in mind. All right? Now, miksiv laksoit says meyasoit siksiv. It says from performing the avayda. Okay, so ask the Gemara, memra achara avayda. So why don't we say berchas kayanim after ritzei? Why do we wait to say berchas kayanim after modim? The Gemara says lo soka daitach. Don't be, don't may, don't have that mistaken thought. Tichsev because the pasuk says zayveach taida. Once you bring the carbon, that's when you got to give thanks. Therefore. Thanks has to come immediately after the carbon. Ismaidim has to come after Ritzay. So now we have a problem. Why? Because we have one Pasuk telling me Zobayach Toda, that Modim should come after Ritzay, and we have another Pasuk letting me know that Vayered Measos Achatas, Aaron came down after doing Ritzay, after doing the Avoda, and he gave the Bracha. So now we have a problem. Because one Pasuk tells me Modim comes after the Avoda. And another Pasuk tells me, Birchas Kayanim comes after the Avaidah. Ask the Gemara, my Chazis, the Samchis Ahai, Samuch Ahai. Why are we relying on one Pasuk over another? Answers the Gemara, logic. Listen to this beautiful, beautiful message from the Gemara. Mistavra, it's logical. Avaidah Vahidah, Chodom Ilsehi. Avaidah and Aidah go hand in hand. Ritzay and Maidim is like the same thing. That's how it works. What's a carbon? A carbon is expressing our relationship, our oneness with the Rebbeinah Shalom. And that, of course, brings to immediate feelings of Hoda, immediate feelings of thanksgiving. You can't separate the two. Once a person really starts to understand themselves and understand the Rebbeinah Shalom, there's no such thing as waiting to think. It's all, it's all outside him It's all one thing. So afterwards... Do we say Birchas Kayanim? But we don't put Birchas Kayanim in between because that just doesn't make any sense. Beautiful. Okay, so now we have clarity from the beginning of Shemayna Esrei through Birchas Kayanim why everything is placed in that particular order. Says the Gemara, Umaro Lamar Sim Shalom Achas Birchas Kayanim. Why do we see fit to put Sim Shalom after Birchas Kayanim? Answers the Gemara, I will put my name. On Bnei Yisrael, then I will get, and I will give them a bracha, bracha de Hakadosh Baruch Hu Shalom. You know what a bracha from Hashem is? Shalom, peace. What's peace? What's shalom? Shalom is tranquility, serenity, calmness, understanding, clarity. Shenemar Hashem Yevarech Hashem Hashem blesses his nation with shalom. Shalom, peace, holds the keys to everything. And if there's one bracha that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is giving us, that bracha is going to be shalom, because shalom is included in everything else. Okay, beautiful. That completes the order of the Shemayna Esrei and how and why it was established to place each of the brachos in that particular order. Now, here's what's interesting. Yesterday we learned 
on Yud Zayin Amadeis that Shimon Hapikuli was the one who, who arranged the Shemayna Esrei. And then it said there were 120 members of the Sanhedrin, including amongst them Nevi'im, that established it. The Gemara is going to ask, well, who was it? Let's get into this. Says the Gemara, once we know that the Shemayna was established by the Anshei Knesset together with Nevi'im, Shimon HaPikuli, my is there. What's Shimon HaPikuli doing here? How did he help us? Answer the Gemara very simply, Shachum B'chazer V'Sidrum. You're right, it's Anshei Knesset who established the order of the Shemayna Esrei. However, after that, it was forgotten, and Shimon HaPikuli was the one who went back and retaught the, the order of the brachas and the makeup of the brachas to Klal Yisrael. Period. Okay. That's it. Now once we're talking about the Shemayin Esri, we're going to get into some various halachos concerning the Shemayin Esri. And the Gemara is going to teach us something very important. Mikan ve'elach. Listen to these words. From here on forth, once you have the words of Shemayin Esri, you're not allowed to praise Hashem anymore. You're not allowed to you can't praise Hashem more than what it says in the Shemayin Esrei. The Yomar Rebbe Lozer, because Rebbe Lozer says, my dechsib was trot in the Pesach, that says, me, Malik Vores Hashem, Hashemiyah, who can express the greatness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and say all of Hashem's praises, who's capable of expressing greatness and glory to Hashem, only somebody who's able to speak all of Hashem's praises, which is nobody. And therefore, says the Gemara, a beautiful idea. If I were to walk over to somebody, somebody, uh, I walk over to take a, you know, we'll, we'll take money just for the sake of a, a muscle. Okay? You walk over to a big, I walk over to a big philanthropist. Guy's a big philanthropist. He donates millions of dollars to tzedakah, to Tyra, Gemilat Chesed, to the sick. Tremendous things. And I meet him. And there's somebody else there, and I introduce the philanthropist as Mamish, such a special tzaddik, he donated $3 to my son's 8th grade trip because they're raffling off a manure. That's how generous he is. You'd be like, uh, like hello? What are you out of your mind? That's all, that's all you could say? Same thing with the Rabbi Nishalayim. It's same thing with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. How do we even start praising the Rebbeinu Shalom? Hashem, let me explain to you how great Hashem is. He's so great that He made the sun. That's it? You're done? How do we even have a right to praise the Rebbeinu Shalom? Says the Gemara, by the Anshik Nesakadela. If they establish these words, but more than that, who am, who am I? To try to speak about the greatness of the Rebbeinu Shalom. Person who prays to Gadish Baruch more than is fitting. Nekar Menayim will be uprooted from the world. Shenemar he is super like. Can it be told over? Ki adaber when it is spoken. And Mamar ish ki yevula when it says about a man that he's going to be swallowed up. It's inappropriate. Who are you to go uh, to walk around as if you're such a balgaiva that you know? That we know how to praise the Rebbeinu Shalom. 
Reb Yehuda uh, from either Gibur Raya or Gibur Chayol made a drasha. Maida Sivas right in the pasuk which says Lechadom Yosehila. Hakadosh Baruch Hu being quiet is your greatest praise. Sama de Kula Mishtika. The greatest medicine is silence. Ki also Reb Dimi Amar when Reb Dimi came to Babel he said Amri b'Marava that they, he learned in Eretz Yisrael Mila b'Sela. If you're willing to pay a Selah to speak a word, you should be willing to pay two Selah to be silent. Silence is a very valuable trait. It's a craft. It's a craft. We have to learn. Unfortunately, we live in a very fast-paced world. People get uncomfortable with silence. Silence is valuable, and we really need to take time to have silence. There's nothing wrong with walking home from show with somebody and not saying a word. Just thinking. Just being present. Being aware. You don't o- we don't always need to have something else going on. We've mentioned Revobo would share with his Talmidim to not always take Sfarim with them when they tr- go on the bus to Yeshiva. Sometimes he says you just need to sit on the bus and be comfortable with yourself. You need to sit on the bus and just think. But not to always have something else distracting me, even if it's going to be Tyra, right? even if it's going to be more knowledge that I'm taking in. Silence itself is very, very valuable. Period. All right. We said in the Mishnah, Kara Alpeh La Yatsavachul. You now let her recite the Megillah by heart. Menalan, what's the source? Some Rav Rav says, Yasu Zahir Zahir, we learn how Zahir Zahir, Xera Shavit. Ksiv Hachah, it says by Kriyas Megillah, by Yom Eil and Eskara Menasim. These days should be remembered. Uksiv Hasam, Ksiv Zais, Zikaram by Sefer. It says about, it says in the Sefer Torah, by the battle against Amalek, we got to write this as a remembrance in the Torah, uh, in the Sefer, in the Torah. Mala Alam Sefer, just like in the Torah, means it's got to be written inside. Afkan Besefer, so too by Kriyas Megillah, you, the Megillah must be read from Klaf. You can't read the Megillah by heart. Remembering means reading. Maybe it means learning, but it's not talking about the actual reciting out loud. And so the Gemara No, that's, that, that would be a mistake. Why? Because it says, Zachar, to remember. Okay, what does to remember mean? I might think it means Balev. Remember it in your heart. Yeah, you should know about it. When it says, don't forget, by, by Amalek, so it already talks about, it talks about, it talks about forgetting from the heart. So how do I fulfill Zohar? It means, it means with one's mouth. All right. Next piece of Gemara. The Mishnah said, if a person reads the Megillah in Targum in a different language in Aramaic, he has not fulfilled his obligation. Says the Gemara. Hechidami. What is the case? If the Megillah is written in Hebrew and he's reciting it in the other language, in the English translation or Aramaic translation, isn't that considering reading it? Isn't that considered like you're reading it by heart? Answer the Gemara, you're right. So what's the case? The case, we need the Chiddush of the Mishnah to be Dechsiva Targum where it was actually written in the other language, Vikari Le Targum, and he's reading it in the other language. Okay? So since it's, he, it was written, let's say, in English, and he's reading it in English, 
Memela, therefore, it's not considered like you are reading it by heart. Well, it's still, it's still not valid because it's not in Ashuris, it's not in Lashon Kaidish. Okay. Aval, but, but we said the Megillah is allowed to be read in a particular um, locale with their local language. And that will be kosher. I says Gemara, one second. But you just said, If you read the Megillah in any language, you didn't, you didn't fulfill your obligation. And now you're telling me, if you read it in France, in French, you did fulfill. We're dealing with meaning in any language, in, uh, for a Frenchman in French, you would not get your mitzvah. However, Greek would be valid. What's the case? If the case is where the Megillah was written in Hebrew, but you're reading it in Greek, that's by heart. You shouldn't fulfill your mitzvah. That's considered by heart. So what's the case where, where when you read it in Greek, you can still get your mitzvah? It was written in Greek, and you are reading it in Greek. By the name El, Shinemar. If you mean, if it means that Yaakov named the Mizbeach El, excuse me, they should have said Yaakov called it that. Ella, Vayikra Loi, Li Yaakov El, Umi Karai El, who called to Yaakov that he is El, who called that? Elike Yisrael. Bakadish Baruchu of Klal Yisrael. Okay, let's get back into the various languages, and uh, we, we discussed the reading of the Megillah, and we're going to get into a little bit a little bit later as well the writing of the Megillah. Here we go. Meisvei, that's the challenging question. Kara Giftis. If a person read the Megillah in the language of Giftis, Ivris, Elamis, Modis, Yevonis. Any one of these five languages. Lo Yotzi, you did not fulfill your obligation. What did we just learn? If you say it in Greek, you did not fulfill your obligation. That was the last of the five, Yevonis. So how can we, we just said previously, if you read it in Greek, you did fulfill your obligation. Make up your mind. How does it work? And to the Gemara, This statement of, of Rabin Shmuel is similar to the following Brisa. What did we say? Giftis la giftim. Ivris le Ivrim, Elamis le Elamim, Yevonis le Yevonim, Yotza. If you read to people of that locale in their local language, you did fulfill your obligation. So what they're saying is, Rabbi Shmuel, that when is Greek valid? When people understand Greek. The other Brysa, which says that Greek is not valid, is if you're reading Greek to an American. Shkoyach. Right? It's not going to do anything, and therefore uh, an American who hears it in Greek has not fulfilled his obligation. If, if that's taka the case, Rabbi Shmuel say the Mishnah is talking about Laz Yavonis, specifically by Greek. It shouldn't be specific to Greek. It should apply to any language, because according to the way we're explaining them now, as long as you read to a local place in their local language, they're fine. So why would we specifically be singling out Greek? There's nothing special anymore about Yavonis. What's special about them? That to Greek people, you can read it in Greek? 
to French people, I can read it in French. Greek's no different than any other language. Answers the Gemara, Ella, Masnison, Kibraisa. The Mishnah that we have is taka the same as the Brisa, meaning that it would be valid in multiple languages for people who understand those languages. So how do we explain Rabu Shmuel? When Rabu Shmuel said what they said, that was Ba'alma. It was more of a general way. Meaning, Rabu Shmuel, Darmi Tarvayu, Rabu Shmuel both say, Laz Yevonis, when it comes to Greek, Lakoil Kosher, that's for anybody, it's going to be Kosher. So, let's pause and get clarity. A Frenchman can hear it in French. An American can hear it in American. Portuguese in Portugal. Anybody can hear, according to Rav and Shmuel, anybody can hear it in Greek, even if you don't understand it. Says the Gemara, whoa, 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 that, that, that's not going to work. Ask the Gemara, Vakatani, but didn't we just learn, Yavonisli Yavonimin, Greek is good for the Greeks. Lakuliamalai, which seems to imply anybody else is not good with the Greek language. Answer the Gemara, in Hudomer Kurv Shiming Amlil, they hold like Roshiming Amlil, the Tanan, Roshimwi Alaimer, Afsvarim, Laitiu, Shikosu Alivonis. That by Svarim, it can even be written in Greek. So they talk, in other words, they make exception to Greek. You're right, the Brizer argues them, but they've got different Tanayim that are backing them up. Says the Gemara, so why don't they just say that? They're posturing like the Tanner of Shingamlil. Let Rabun Shmuel just say, we posturing like Rav Shingamlil. Answer the Gemara, if they would have just said, Allah is like Rav Shingamlil, I would have thought to say, this applies to other Svarim, but by that it could be in other language, but by Megillah, where it has the word, it's written in the Megillah, According to the way that it is written, how was it written by Mordechai and Esther? In Ashuris, Emelite. I would say that it's not kosher by Megillah. Kamash therefore come along Rav and Shmuel, and they say that Rav Shemuel will hold that it could even be written in Greek when it comes to the reading of the Megillah. Beautiful period. End of that clarification of the Gemara. Next. The Maskona is... The maskana is that Rav Shimming Amlil is of the opinion their taka is something unique to the Greek language. Okay? Yeah. So, right. so the question is, um, why don't they just say halacha like Rav Shimming Amlil? Rabbi Shmuel are early on my run. Rav Yale's asking, what's the maskana over here? What, what, what was just added? What's the chiddush at the end of the Gemara? So here's the deal. Rav and Shmuel are early on my run. They're saying that if it's, written in, if it's written in Greek, it's kosher. And you're right, they don't work out with the b'risa, but that's fine, because they have a different tanner of Shimingam Leal who they're following. So the Gemara asked, so let Rav and Shmuel just say, we follow Shimingam Leal, just say that. Instead of making it like it's your own halacha, say, by the way, everybody knows Shimingam Leal, remember that Tana, right? We follow him. Just say it simply like that. That, that was the question. The response is, that Rav Shimming Amil holds that the Greek language could be done by any of the 24 books of Tanakh. Okay? Rav and Shmuel agree with that. But, they are concerned that we may think Megillas Esther in particular cannot be in Greek. Why? If every other book of the Torah could be written in Greek, why would I think Megillas Esther cannot be in Greek? Because in Megillah Esther, it has the word 
kichsavam, like it was originally written. Meaning, I would think that the Megillah can only be written in the original way in Ashuris, in Lashon Kaidish. So, therefore, they say that it can even be written, therefore, they say it could be written in Greek. I say Rishingomil. No, if I was Rishingomil, I wouldn't know it applies to Megillah's Esther as well. By them saying that you can even do it in Greek, they're letting me know that when it says Kichsavan, it's still including the Greek language by Megillah Sester. That's the Adich Yiddish over here. I'm sorry, I missed the very last word it said. That, that's the, that's the added Chiddush over here. That. And because of Kichsavam, yeah. I would think that even though Greek is fine everywhere else, it's not fine here. Kamash Malon, it's fine here too. Okay. Next part of the Mishnah. If a Frenchman hears it in Hebrew, anybody hears it in Hebrew, you did fulfill your obligation. Says the Gemara, I don't understand. Why is it that here in St. Louis or anywhere where people are listening around the world, if they don't speak the Hebrew language and somebody gets up to read the Megillah and I don't know what's going on, I don't know what the guy reading the Megillah is saying. So how can you? How can my mitzvah be fulfilled? I don't even know about the miracle. I don't know what's happening. I don't know how to follow along. I'm holding my Megillah upside down. Answers the Gemara. Says the Gemara. So what? <laughs> Guess what? There's a lot of times in the life of a Jew where we don't fully understand it. We strive to. But we still do it. And the same way, when I may not understand every word of Kriyashma, I still say every word of Kriyashma and I get my mitzvah. So too here. Maskafla Ravina. Ravina asked a challenging question. Ravina asked a great question. He says, you know, in the Megillah, it says, the sons of the Ramachim, which... He says, we don't know what that means. And we know we still get the mitzvah. You hear this? So, you see, you don't need to understand everything. You still get your mitzvah. Even big Talmidei Chachamim don't understand everything. You don't know everything. It's a big message. We're going to see this soon. As we go through, we're going to go through a bunch of things that the Chachamim had no clue what it meant. You could be a big Talmud Chacham, but you know something? We don't know everything. Ella says the Gemara, mitzvah's kriya upersumi nisa. What's the mitzvah of Megillah? The, the reading it and the persumi nisa. So too over here by kriya's Megillah, mitzvah's kriya upersumi nisa, period. It's okay. You walk into shul. You don't know everything that the Balkore is reading. But you know he's reading Megillah's Esther. And you know there was a miracle that took place. And you know there's a mitzvah to read it. That's, that's good enough. You don't have to know every word that's taking place in the Megillah. Period. Kara Seirigin Yatza. If a person reads the Megillah in Seirigin, he fulfills the obligation. Okay, now we learned Seirigin means with multiple, with, with pauses. Okay? Says the Gemara. Lo Havi Yadi Rabbonon, my Seirigin. The Rabbonon didn't originally know 
how to translate Seirigin. Shamur la'amsa de Rebbe. They heard the maidservant from the house of Rebbe. The Ka'amri Lulu Rabbanon. She was saying to the Rabbanon, the Habe Aili Piski Piski, when they were coming in in, in uh, small groups, Lebe Rebbe, to Rebbe's home. And Masayatem Nachrasim Seirigin Seirigin. Why are you guys coming in? In Seirigin, you know, with, like with pauses. It was like three at a time. First three, three Talmidim, three more Talmidim. So they learned from her. You hear this? There's a maidservant. All the, the Rabbanon had no clue what Seirigin meant. But a, a maidservant that works in the house of a Gadol sometimes will know more than people who are sitting and learning Torah the whole day. So she's, uh, you know, in, in Ner Yisrael. We had a, uh, a, a wonderful African-American lady. Her name, her name was Estelle. Estelle took care of, of Rebetzin Ruderman, the Rashiva of Ruderman, um, uh, um, Rebbe Naftali Neuberger's Rebetzin, uh, Rebetzin uh, Yehudas Neuberger, and, and Rebbe Neuberger himself. She, Kenai Nahara, worked for Gedalim for decades. She knew more than any of us can imagine. And she didn't put up with nothing. Like when people were start making up, you know, people were like telling halachas and eh, she would put them in their place. She would say, I, I saw exactly what Rav Rudiman did. Don't tell me. Like, you know, when, when you live in the house of a tzaddik, you live in the house of a gadol, you know very clearly um, what things mean and how things are meant to be done, sometimes more than people sitting and learning. The Rabbanon did know halagloigus men shamul la'amsa de be'rebi they heard the servant, the maidservant of Rebbe, the Amri Law, Lahu Gavra. She was saying to somebody, Davika uh, Mevader Parpachini, who was spreading out um, Parpachini, How long are you going to spread out your Chalaglugais? Okay. So we see Chalaglugais are Parpachini, some sort of vegetation, I believe. Rabban didn't know what it means salsaleha and Usraimimeka, which means the splendor the, to be to be elevated. But what is exactly what's this expression? They overheard the maidservant of Rebbe, Gavra. She was saying to somebody, He was uh, busy, you know, uh, curling his pace. Yeah, he was looking in the mirror, you know, uh, sprucing himself up. And she says to him, listen, how long are you going to keep uh, you know, uh, messing around with your hair? So they, they learned that means to beautify and braid your hair. The Rabbanan didn't know what it means. The Pesach of Hashlech al Hashem Yehovcha. The word Yehovcha. What does it mean? Hashlech al Hashem Yehovcha. Omer Rabba one time I was traveling with an Arab and I was carrying a burden. The Amar Li and he said to me, put down your burden, Ushadi Agamali, and cast it on my camel. Right? So, so what does it mean? Throw your burdens on the Rabbi Shalom. Stop thinking you need to shoulder it yourself. Gives a, a quick parable to this. He says there was a, somebody hitchhiking. And, and um, a few minutes later, a horse and buggy pulls over to the side of the road. They offer him a ride. And he gets in. He sits down. 
and the driver says, uh, take off your backpack. He says to the passenger, take off your backpack. The passenger says, no, 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 I don't, it's okay. I'll, I'll wear my backpack. Okay. They're going for a half hour, an hour, and the guy's schwitzing away. He has his heavy backpack on his shoulders. The wagon driver says, you can take it off. He says, no, it's okay. It's enough you're giving me a ride. You don't need to schlep my backpack too. I could hold it. Right? So the driver says, Meshuga, I'm schlepping your backpack anyway. Take it off. Right? You think you're such a smart ass. You think you're helping me by, by keeping your backpack on. And that's how we are with the Rabbani Shalalim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, listen, I got this. It's okay. <laughs> I, I run the world. I, it's on the, I got it. I, I, I'm giving you a ride. It's fine. And we're like, no, Hashem, I got this. You know, I'll, I'll schlep this. I'll carry this. Because we're like, I'm carrying it anyway. Leave your, what are you machim and sugar for? Right? What are you stressing yourself out? Leave yourself alone. Take off your backpack. I'm, I got, you know, I'm, I'm carrying this. Hashem Throw your burdens on the Rebbein Shalom. He's carrying us anyway. What were the meaning of the words of They heard the maidservant of Rebbe. She said to her friend, Take a broom and broom out my house, meaning sweep it out. So they learned that it means to clean out, to, to sweep things away in a way of destruction. Okay. Period. End of those examples of various times where Chachamim did not know the meaning of particular words in Psukim and where they learned it from. And there's really so much to learn from these, um, from these short incidents. Um, first of all, you don't need to know everything. Not everybody knows, nobody knows everything. And the answers are going to come from some strange places. Sometimes from an Arab. Sometimes from some maidservant out there. Right? We don't know where we're going to get an answer. But just stay aware and be ready for the answer, uh, for the answer to come. And be willing to learn from everybody. Right? If, if they wouldn't have been willing to learn um, from people who, who uh, you know, weren't as learned as they were, so the Chacham never would have uh, received these answers. Period. Tanu Rabbonon. Here we go. Here we go. Tanu Rabbonon, the rabbis learn so should we. Kara Seregin, if a person reads the Megillah with pauses, Yotza, he has fulfilled his obligation. Top of Yudches Amud Beis. If you read it out of order, Rashi says, If you read it out of order, you do not fulfill your obligation. Even when you do it um, in Seirigin, meaning with pauses, it depends. He says, not every pause is created equal. If you pause long enough to complete the entire Megillah, then that's too long. And you got to go back to the beginning. Now, this is an interesting and a little vague statement. What does it mean? We're about to ask. The, let's just you know preempt the question. What does it mean if you pause long enough to finish the Megillah? Then you got to restart. Does it mean to you pause long enough that it takes to read the whole Megillah? Or does it mean from where you're up to? Because that's going to be interesting. Imagine if the halacha was if you pause long enough that from ever where you're up to. You could, uh, you you would finish the Megillah. That's a problem. So then, if you read one parak, 
and then you pause long enough for the next half hour of Megillah. You're going to have to restart. But let's say you pause five minutes. You couldn't have finished the Megillah in five minutes, so you're good. But what if I only had like ten words left in the Megillah, and then I pause? If I pause for 20 seconds, which is the amount of time it would have taken me to read the last ten words, now I have to start the whole Megillah over? Right? That's going to be an interesting nafkamina here. Let's read this question inside. Amar Rabbi Yosef. Rabbi Yosef says, uh, first, Halakha Rabbunah, Shomar Mishim Rabbi Yehuda. Halakha is like Rabbunah who says in the name of Rabbi Yehuda that if you pause long enough, you go back to the beginning. Amalei Abayi Rabbi Yosef. Abayi asked the Shailat, his beloved Rabbi Rabbi Yosef, what does it mean to complete the whole Megillah? Kedei Ligmar Eskula. What does it mean to complete the whole Megillah? Mehecha Dekoi Lesefa. Does it mean from wherever you got up to until the end? which means that it's just going to depend on where you're up to, how much time you're allowed to pause. Or perhaps, does it mean that wherever you're up to, you can't pause long enough that it ta- the time it takes to read the whole Megillah. How long does it take to read the Megillah? 35 to 45 minutes? Hour? What do you say, Rabiel? Yeah, 35. Yeah, 35, 45 minutes. So then wherever you are, you could pause for 35 to 45 minutes. That's a Shaila. Okay, that doesn't mean I have 35 to 45 minutes to pause, or does it depend where I'm up to? Omar Lay, so Rabbi Yosef answers to his Talmud, he says, no, it's, it's got to be the, the amount of time it takes to read the whole Megillah. That's when it's a problem. The 35 to 45 minutes to M. Cain, because if it would be otherwise, that's too, that, that, that's not sensible. You're going to come out with the halacha that's got multiple different measurements. Sometimes you're allowed to pause for 20 seconds. Other times you're allowed to pause for 30 minutes. Other times 15 minutes. We don't do that with halacha. We don't... We want to have one steadfast set time. If you pause for this amount of time, you got to restart. And that's, that's taka di halacha. Okay. Okay, I mean taka di halacha, meaning in the Gemara over here. All right, I'm not saying shulchanar. Amr Rabba, Amr Rav Yirmiya Baraba, Amr Rav. Rabba says name Amr Rav Yirmiya Baraba, Amr Rav. Alacha Rav Muna, Alacha follows like Rav Muna that if you pause long enough to read the whole Megillah, you got to go back. Shmuel Rav Shmuel says no. Ain Halacha Ker Rav Muna. The Halacha is not like Rav Muna, and you're allowed to you're allowed to pause. Yeah, just don't make a hefsik, but uh, you're allowed to pause. Besura Masniachi and Sura they taught, but from Badisa Masniachi and Sura they learned one way, and from Badisa learned another way. Amar of Gan Amar Rab, Halacha Ker Rav Muna, Shmuel Amar Ein Halacha Ker Rav Muna. Okay, Ravibi Masni Ibchar, Ravibi learned the opposite. That Rab Amar Ein Halacha Rav Muna. Rab says we don't paskin like Rav Muna. Again, reminder: Rav Muna is the one who says if you pause long enough to read the whole Megillah, um, you got to restart. Ushmuel Amar Halacha is like Ker Rav Muna. Is like Rav Muna. Amar Rabbi Yisif. Rabbi Yisif says, what's the bottom line? Nekait the Rav Bibi biyadech. Take the approach of Rav Bibi in your hand. Rav Bibi and, and uh, his approach is correct. Because Shmuel usually is the one who follows the individual opinion. The Tanan, because we learned in the Mishnah, and we're going to quote a fascinating, completely different halacha, but just for the purpose of showing us that Shmuel follows an individual's opinion. A woman waiting. For Yibam to be done to her. And um, the, uh, one of the brothers wants to marry her sister. 
Mishum Rav Yudah ben Beseira Amru, now he can't marry her sister because he's like still connected to her in some way. So they send the name of Yudah ben Beseira, Imrim Lai, we tell the guy who wants to marry the sister of the Shemeres Yavam, Hamtain, wait, until your older brother either does Gibum or Chalitza, and by him doing that, that breaks off your bond to her, and now you can marry your sister. Shmuel follows of Rav Yudah ben Beseira, the individual opinion. So we see that, that Shmuel is comfortable following the individual opinion. So too over here, says Rav Yosef as well, Shmuel is going to be the one who says... Halacha is like Rav Muna. Okay. All right. Beautiful. Tanu Rabban of the rabbis learn social week. Hishmit ba cipher ici ici psukim. If let's say the cipher left out letters or psukim from the Megillah. He wrote a Megillah, but he made mistakes. He left some words, letters, or psukim out. The karanakari kimatorgamon hamitargamon yotza. And the person reading the Megillah gets up there to read and he reads it in the, in the, the different language like he's translating it Yotza, you got your mitzvah Mesvei what's he the Balkaire gets up there to read the Megillah Rabia wants to know what's happening here what, what just happened that, that we say you fulfilled your mitzvah, what's the problem and what's the, what's the solution Okay, the problem is the Balkori got up there to read the Megillah. It says, Vayehi bimeach ashveraish hu sheva vesrimu medina. The Megillah didn't say, achashveraish hamoylech mehoidu vadkosh. His Megillah left out those words. Okay? Okay, the Megillah left out those words. So what did the Balkori do? Instead of reading it inside, he just, he said out loud to everybody there, Achashverosh ruled from Haidu until Kush. There were 127 provinces as if he was explaining the Megillah. That's okay. As long as you make it clear that you're not reading the words verbatim, you're like, you're, 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 uh, you're um, expounding on it and making a storyline out of it, you still fulfilled your mitzvah of Megillah. Uh, right, it's a chiddush. So now let's see here. Meisvei, they said one second. Let's challenge this. Hayuba icis mitush tashais. If you have letters in the Megillah that are partially cracked, aymekayrais or torn, imreshuman nikar kshera. If you could still see the place where the letters were, then the Megillah's kosher. The imlav psula, and if not, it's puzzle. So how can you tell me your Megillah that's missing words or psukim? Is fine, and I can get up there and just read it as if it's there. The Megillah I'm reading from is not kosher. And you remember, you're not allowed to read it by heart. Says the Gemara, like Kasha, Habikula, Habimiktsasa. Okay? If you have a Megillah with the entire Megillah um, is, uh, has problems with the reading of it, all right, that's where we say it depends whether um, you could still notice the letters. But if it's only a little bit of letters that are, that are missing, uh, that Megillah is going to be kosher. Tanur of the rabbis learned, and that's why they're rabbis. Hishmi ba'kirei pasuk echot. If the kare left out one pasuk, 
he shouldn't say, Ekra es kula, let me read the rest of the Megillah. V'yakagach ekra is a pasuk, and then I'll go back, and I'll read that one pasuk. You can't do that. Right? Understand? Uh, for example, a person walks in late to Kriyas Megillah. You can't hear, you walk in two psukim late. You can't hear the whole Megillah and say at the end, the last of Akari, read the first two psukim again. You got to go back to that pasuk and move forward in the usual order. A person walks into shul. Like the example we just gave. The tzibur is already halfway done. He's not allowed to say, let me just you know, hear out the, the reader for the rest of the Megillah. And I'll go back and do the first half. You come in and you sit down and you read in the proper order from beginning until the end period. Okay, we said in the Megillah, if a person dozes off, I'm sure this never happened to any of us. Yeah, but if a person dozes off during the Megillah reading, you got your mitzvah, you fulfilled your obligation, says the Gemara, what does it mean to doze off? How do I know if it's considered dozing off? My, my head is bobbling up and down, what's going on? Um, Ravashi. Ravashi says, Nim nim, tir tir. Yeah, it's like I'm kind of sleeping, but I'm not sleeping. I'm up, but I'm not up. Now, how do I know if I'm kind of sleeping, kind of not sleeping? Here's how you know, says the Gemara. If somebody calls your name, you'll, you'll understand that they just called your name. But if they ask you a question, you're not going to know what's happening. But you, that means you're, you're aware there's words being read out loud. That's enough. And then when you're reminded, that uh, you will remember. If a person is writing the Megillah, darshaning it, fixing the Megillah, and you're reading the Megillah out loud as you're doing that, uh, if you had kavana that this should be your mitzvah of Megillah, it's on Purim, you got your mitzvah. If you're, if you're setting it up, pasuk by pasuk, and then writing it down, one second. Just because you had in mind to fulfill your mitzvah, what does that help? Alpehu, you're doing this by heart. Right? What's happening? This guy is, the, is a sofa writing a Megillah. So he said, here's what you do. Say the Pasuk out loud and write it down. If you have in mind, that's okay. Says Gemara, no, it's not okay. Because if you're saying it out loud as you're writing, you're reading it by heart. Because it's not in writing in front of you yet. Ella, the case must be the kasav psuka psuka the karile. Here's what you do. You're writing. You write that, and then you read it out loud, and then you write the next pasuk. So like this, it's not being read by heart. Says the Gemara. One second. But what's the problem? What's the problem? Is the whole Megillah written in front of you? No, you're writing it now. Ask the Gemara one second. Umi Yatra, can you fulfill your Mikra Megil like this? is the one who says that you need to read the whole Megillah. There is an opinion that you only need to hear from Ishihudi Haya Bishusha Nabira. Everybody agrees the whole Megillah still needs to be written. Even if you have a conversation of how much needs to be read, the whole Megillah certainly needs to be written. So if you have a sofa here who's writing, who's reading it as he's writing the Megillah, 
you don't have a whole Megillah written, how can he fulfill his obligation? Answer the Gemara, Ella, the case must be, the Mancha Megillah Kameh, here's what's going on. He has a whole Megillah in front of him. And then, Vikari Leimina, he's reading from that kosher Megillah, Psuka, Psuka, one Pusik at a time, Vikasavla, and then writing it on the new Megillah. Hence, he's not reading it by heart. He's actually writing a new Megillah while looking at the old Megillah for the proper wording. Beautiful. Let's say that now that this, this is the case of the cipher, how is he writing this new Megillah? By looking at the old Megillah. Let's say this is a proof. Okay. What's Rabbi Babrachana's statement? When you write a new Sefer of Tanakh, you must always write the Sefer while looking at another Sefer. If you're writing a Sefer Torah, you have to look at a cloth of a Sefer Torah, make sure you have it down, and then you could write it. That is Rabbi Babrachana's um, statement. Says the Gemara... No, you can't prove that he's right because Dilma, the Isrami lay Isramuye. Maybe over here, um, what, what's, happening, what's happening is he wants to fulfill his mitzvah of Megillah. So if you want to fulfill your mitzvah of Megillah, so then we say you got to have a whole Megillah here and then you're going to write a, a, uh, a brand new one. But it doesn't mean that you always need to do that. Right? It doesn't, it's not letting me know that if it's a regular Tuesday afternoon, and I want to write a Megillah, I need to look at a previous Megillah. I d- never said that. What did it say? If the scribe is writing and he's reading it to fulfill his mitzvah, okay, maybe that's when you got to look at an old Sefer. But in a regular situation, maybe you don't. Hence, we just have no proof. Gufa. A piece of a previously quoted statement. Period. It is forbidden to write any Sefer if you don't look in a different safer for the proper wording. Okay. Says the Gemara, come on. Meisve. They ask the challenging question. Omar Hashim and Elazar, Hashim and Elazar says, Maisa Bereb Meir. Let me tell you a story of Meir. Shaholach Laber Shana Ba'asya. He was traveling to Asya to be Ma'aber the Shana, to make a leap year. There was no Megillah there. It was Pidim. And you know what he did? He read it by heart. And then he read, I'm sorry, he wrote it by heart. And then he read the Megillah. There was no Megillah in the city. Rav Meir needed to be there on Purim. He shows up, like, Rebbe, there's no Megillah. He says, get me a pen. Get me a quill. They bring him a quill. Four hours later, they had a precious Megillah handcrafted by Rav Meir. Did he look at a different Megillah while he was writing it? No. They didn't have a Megillah. So you see, you don't need to look inside a Megillah when writing a Megillah. So the more answers, Amr Rabbi Avo, Rabbi Avo says, Shine your Rav Meir, Rav Meir is different. Rav Meir knew the Torah so cold, like the back of his hand, that every time he wrote anything, it was like the Torah was right in front of his eyes. In other words, if you know the Torah well enough that you know for a fact 
You ain't going to make a mistake. That's fine. What does it mean that your eyes are going to look right in front of you? Referring to the words of Torah, he saw if a necha by close your eyes from it, the einenu, and it is no longer there. By Reb Meir, the words of Torah were always right in front of his eyes, and that's why he was allowed. Who was writing Svarim of Tanakh without looking inside to previous Svarim? The entire Torah should be written by your mouth, meaning by your mind. Very nice that you could do it, but he still told them you're not supposed to. The way you write Svarim is Shalom Aksav. You, you, I'm sorry. It's, I'm sorry. It's forbidden to write svarim shleimenaksav. You always need to write svarim by looking in different svarim. Since we said the entire Torah really could be written by your by your own mouth, meaning by heart. It seems that Rev Chanano knew the Torah just as well as Rev Meir. Rev Meir Kosav. One second. Rev Meir wrote the Megillah by heart. Rev Hananel also knows it well, but we told him nothing doing. We told him he's not allowed to. What's the difference between Rev Meir, who was allowed to write the Megillah because he knew it, yet Rev Hananel is not allowed to write the Megillah even though he knows it? Answers the Gemara, Shasatchak shiny, period. Shasatchak is different. What's a Shasatchak? Remember, what was the story of Rev Meir? He went to the city. He went to extend the year. There was no Megillah. What's he supposed to do? What are your options? Either you have no Megillah or to write it by heart. Peseder. So then we say, Rav Meir, write it by heart. This is your new lechatchila. Right? It's, it's your new proper way. But, but Rav Hananel, as well as he knew it, he had a Torah to look in. And therefore, if you have a Torah to look in, use the Torah. I, I know it by heart, use the Torah. But Rav Meir didn't have that option. Abayi Shara le Rebbe le Debei Bar Chavu. Abaye allowed the house of Bar Chavu le Mechtav Tfilin and Mezuzah Shleim and Aksav to write Tfilin and Mezuzahs by heart. Keman, according to whose opinion? Ki Haitanya, he followed the opinion of the following Tana, the Tanya, because we learned in a Brisa, Reb Yirmiya, Aymer Mishum Rabbein, Reb Yirmiya says the name of Rabbein, Tfilin and Mezuzahs, Nechtavay Shleim and Aksav. Tfilin and Mezuzahs are allowed to be written by heart. You also don't need to etch in the lines on the parchment to keep the lines, which is one of the halachas. The halachas and halacha is tefillin ain't tzrichen sirtut. Tefillin don't need the lines. Mezuzahs tzrichen sirtut. Mezuzahs do need lines. Idi v'idi nechtaras shalayim in aksav. Well, tefillin and mezuzahs, you do not need to look inside. My timer. Why, when writing tefillin and mezuzahs, do you not need to look inside? You know why? Nigris grisen. Everybody knows these parshiyos. Halavai. Right? Everybody knows the parshiyos of Tefillin and Mezuzahs. It's primarily the Shema. It's primarily the chapters of Shema. Period. Okay. It says in the Mishnah, we're just going to finish up the Daf and we'll pick up from here tomorrow again. If the Megillah was written with Sam, says the Gemara, Sam is Sama. Sam is a Sama. It's like a reddish type of ink. Um, sikra. What's Sikra? Amar Rabba Babrachana Sikrasa Shema. Sikra is Sikrasa. 
Kumus is kuma. Kumus is sap from a tree. Kankantum is charta de oshpechi. And kankantum is black shoe polish. Um, diftera de maliach ukmiach de layofitz. Diftera are skins that were salted, but they were not yet treated with galmat. And niyar is machka. Niyar is paper. Um, it's like uh, completely unprocessed and it's a uh, um, type of writing on material. And it comes, it comes from the ground as opposed to a parchment. All right, we'll hold it here. And Bez Hashem, um, we will pick up from here tomorrow, Be'ezra Hashem. So uh, 12.15 tomorrow, Mitz Hashem. Erev Shabbos. We'll pick up at 12.15. Uh, Guten Erev Shabbos, everybody. Zaygazum.